Hey everybody, welcome to Drive Through Review 529. Today we're going to take a look at Manhattan Project Chain Reaction. And this is kind of sort of a card game version of Manhattan Project. It has the same theme, and the theme is to be the first one to build a certain number of points worth of a nuclear bomb. So if you're familiar with the Manhattan Project, that was the project where we invented the nuclear weapon, and that is what this game is about. Now, it's not really like the card game version of the board game, but it does have some of the same sensibilities and kind of the same pacing. But let's jump into how the game works. It's very much a quickish sort of filler game, uh, but let's talk about the mechanics and then I will tell you what I think about it. Now here is everything that you get in the box and the box is just a small little tuck box with a kind of two page uh, pamphlet of rules there. The game does play one to five players. I have not played it solo, but there are rules for a solo mode. And you can see a few different types of cards out here. Now, probably the most important are these bomb cards, and these are the bombs that you're trying to build. You can see a few things about it. Here are the number of points it's going to give you. This is the requirements that you need to build it. So you see you need one scientist, two of these engineers, and then three uranium. Now, the game is going to play round after round until one player hits 10 points or more. So even if you built this seven point and the three point bomb, that's all it would take, and the game would end. Now. You give one player the start player marker, and everybody's going to get a equal number of turns. So if I was start player and I hit 10 points first, everybody still has one last turn to get 10 points or possibly more. There's always gonna be a face-up display here of bombs. There are also these four landmarks, and these are sort of actions that are available to everybody at any point during the game. But the heart of the game is gonna come from playing these cards. So here you've got a variety of different cards, mines, uh, enrichment plants, uh, sometimes special cards. So you can see here's the double agent, factories, and so on. So you're gonna start the game with five of these cards and then play as much as you can or as much as you wish and then draw back up to five cards. It's very simple. So let's look at this. So let's look at this mine here. So we see here, okay, I wanna play this mine. It has a requirement of one worker, and there's three different types of workers in here. So you've got scientists, engineers, and laborers. And so laborers are like the lowest kind. They don't have a specialty, but this one can take any kind of worker. So when I play this, I need to have a worker to supply. Well, that's gonna come from one of my other cards in my hand. So I've got this here. I wanna play this mine to get some yellow cake and I will take this other card here and turn it sideways. So the cards are very much dual purpose. You can either use them for kind of their output or you can get whatever worker out of them. So I would play this card down like that and then I would get here a yellow cake. Now here we have some different sort of denominations. Here's a single yellow cake, you've got three yellow cake and so on. So at that point I would generate, I'd get some yellow cake and if you flip these over, you can see that they can become, whoops, uh, uranium. And uranium is what you need to build the bombs. So any yellow cake or uranium that you have in front of you is going to stay in front of you. And so I might play another card here. This one I need a scientist and a yellow cake. Well, let's say I had another scientist here and this was my hand. So like now I've generated uranium on my turn. I can play this card and I can use this scientist to satisfy that. And now I've got the one yellow cake so I can take it and I would sort of officially discard that and they get uranium, but usually the denominations add up, uh, you know, they match up. So I just flip that card over and now I've got uranium. And if I was maybe targeting to build a cheaper bomb, I just need one more uranium and then I could build that bomb. So you play whatever cards you can 
and then you'll discard all the cards that you've played. You're going to keep in front of you any yellow cake or uranium that you have in front of you. Those will last, you know, turn by turn. And then you can discard any cards that you want. So in that case, I played four cards. Let's say I had this card left over. I didn't really feel like I needed it because maybe it's outputting yellow cake. I've got enough yellow cake for right now, or maybe I want to keep it. So I keep it, and then I draw back up to five cards off the deck. Anytime you run through the deck, you just reshuffle the discard pile and keep going. Now, as I said, there are these four actions here in the center of the table, and these are all what's called landmarks. So most of these are, you put any three workers and then you get something out. So if I really needed a scientist and I had a bunch of stupid laborers, <laughs> then I would put this here and get a scientist out. And likewise over here, this one, I can do three dudes and to get a engineer. Uh, this one here is similar. I can do any three and get a yellow cake. And then you have your sort of default, not very efficient way to get uranium. And I can have an option here. I can do one scientist and two yellow cake, or two scientists and one yellow cake, and I could get one uranium. Now sometimes, in addition to the landmarks out here, you'll have a card that actually generates uh, more workers. So in this case, if I had one scientist, I could get three scientists out of that. Uh, now you're going to lose those workers at the end of the turn, of course, so you can spend these. Uh, you want to be able to spend them as much as you can right then. And let's say I had this sort of setup here. It would not be very efficient, but let's say I really needed three scientists. I could take and spend these two scientists here because you know I need at least one scientist to generate this output. Now this extra scientist here is sort of wasted. Uh, if you overpay, there's, like, there's not really any change or anything when you're using the workers from the cards. Now there are also some special cards like I showed here, the double agent. This one says use a landmark without paying its personnel cost. So I could use one of these or in the case of the enrichment, I would just have to pay the yellow cake and not have to satisfy the scientist requirement. So that you could do that action or steal a yellow cake from an opponent. And there's another card that allows you to actually look through somebody's hand and steal a specific card. Now you've got other cards here, like this one will give you two uranium. Uh, this one here will give you two yellow cake and this one's gonna give you three. Uh, you have these factories here and you can see this takes two of anybody. And then you have a choice. You can either draw two cards off the top of your deck, right in the middle of your turn, or you can force somebody else to discard two. Now you notice here, this allows you not to do the discard part in a two-player game. So you don't do that action in a two-player game. That's the only difference. So you just keep going around and around, acquiring yellow cake, uh, converting it to uranium, and then hopefully spending that. So again, I would need three uranium and then some way to generate uh, scientists and engineers. And you go until somebody gets 10 points. Now you have these bomb-loaded cards. You'll see these don't take any uranium, but you need two scientists and two engineers. Now these are ways of sort of enhancing your low-cost cards, your low value cards. So any card that you build in front of you that is five points or less, you can then load that bomb. So let's say I built this five pointer here. I had this in front of me. And then on a future turn, I can go and load that bomb by paying the worker requirement. And then I just put that on top there. And now that bomb is worth seven points instead of five. So it gives you kind of options. So I really build up to try to strike and get this seven pointer that I'm almost to 10, or do I maybe cherry pick and grab a couple of low ones and then load the bombs on a later turn. You could do multiples here, uh, you know, if you somehow build multiple bombs on your turn. And of course, at the end of the turn, uh, if you build one of these, then it'll replenish with a new bomb. There's another card that will allow you to actually draw these off the top and keep one face down so only you know what the target 
uranium value is and so on. And sometimes you have big nutty cards like this where it allows you to get uh, five yellow cake and so on. But that's pretty much the game. Okay, so that is Manhattan Project Chain Reaction. I'm actually kind of surprised I like this game. Uh, because on surface it kind of sort of feels like it would play itself, but after we played it a couple of times, then you kind of see where some of the strategy uh, lies. Uh, so I wouldn't say there's like a whole, you know, big arcing strategy. Obviously it's like a 30 minute card game, so there's not gonna be a lot of that anyway. But even compared to like a San Juan or that type of game where it's a multi-use card game, the strategic, I don't know, depth is not there. And I don't think it necessarily needs to be. But I will say it does have it. So it becomes very interesting to sort of know uh, what cards to spend and which ones to kind of keep. So you might sort of pace yourself because if you just kind of generate extra cake and just kind of do it randomly and you know you just like oh, i can't use this card i'll discard it um without knowing what you're going to be doing on your maybe the next turn or maybe the, the second turn after that then you're not going to be as efficient because there's definitely like a cycle here so you need to be able to get cake and then you need to be able to get uranium and then you need certain types of workers to build the bombs so you want to kind of plan a little bit in those sorts of stages and that get, kind of gives you some guidance in terms of how to act uh, and you can interact a little bit with the players, you know, stealing cake, maybe stealing a card. And that could be very important. It actually just happened to me today where I was going to get 11 points and then win the game. And then uh, my buddy across the table, he stole a card from me that would, it wouldn't have affected me, but he got it to make him get seven points or excuse me, 11 points. And the round was going to finish before I had a chance to do that. Uh, so, and he held that card because he knew based on kind of what I was doing that, you know, okay, he's going to be really close to winning. Uh, so I, he was going to target me just to affect me, but then it ended up helping him because you can look through the cards. Um, so there's not like a lot to take that, but there's very uh, precise take that in this game. And I actually used the card to steal a yellow cake to cause somebody, a, you know, one extra turn to get at the seven point uh, card. Uh, so it's actually very, very interesting in terms of like you get a big hand of cards. Well, not a big, but you get five hands, five card hand, and you've got to kind of maneuver through that. And there are some kind of different pathways based on, okay, do I use this card for its ability or do I use it for the workers? And you kind of go back and forth figuring out what is best to generate. And you can kind of tack and do different strategies. You can kind of do the low point bombs and then load them out. Or you do the low point bombs first and then try to gear up for the big bomb later. Or you build the big bomb and because you, you think everybody else is going for the low bombs based on what they're doing. Uh, so there is, in the time frame, there's actually a decent amount of strategy uh, and tactics at least. And it really actually reminds me of uh, Guilds of London in that way, where you get like a big old hand of cards, you kind of figure that hand out, go after it, and then next turn you kind of reset. There's not a ton of overarching strategy across, you know, multiple, multiple turns, maybe the next couple turns. Uh, the one thing I will say is I think you want to play this at about a two or three player game. I played it with four and five as well. I enjoyed it with four. Five went like a little bit too long, but we had a new player at the table where the rest of us had played. So I think the first time you play, it's just a kind of a manner of knowing what cards are out there and how many cake you can feasibly get out and what you can possibly draw. Because the deck is not huge. So it's somewhat kind of knowable or uh, you know probable what you're gonna be capable of. So I think if everybody had played it maybe twice or three times, then I would be more akin to play it as a five-player game. I certainly would not play it as a five-player game uh, for your first try, because I think it may take, I mean, it could push an hour. It kind of depends on the AP of your group, obviously. So 
I think its sweet spot is probably the three-player count, and then four, uh, and then two is fine as well. It's just a little bit more purely a racer. I do like having the extra players at the table. Um, but yeah, I haven't tried a solo game. I don't know how that is. But actually, you know, I really enjoy this game. It's a quick, fun filler, and it has that sort of same pacing as the board game where it's just like race, 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 you know, try to get to that that target number of points and, you know, kind of cut everybody's uh, legs off from out from underneath them. So definitely give this one a look. It's a nice compact package, uh, and it's not kind of like the rest of your, uh, you know, fillers that you typically play. So thanks.